State funding is defined as money provided by the government for a particular purpose, and in this case, by political parties for general elections. Um, so we have a source, and I'll link the source in the description so you can follow along, but in the source, it's debated that state funding is desirable since it ends corruption, prevents elitism, and allows smaller parties to gain a foothold in elections. Nevertheless, the source largely undermines and rejects the need for state funding because there is already legislation in place to prevent corruption. Um, it is very undemocratic, and more money towards smaller parties does not, does not necessarily guarantee electoral success. So therefore, it must be conceded that state funding is an undesirable method to finance political parties for general elections. So firstly, state funding is deemed as the preferred method of financing parties as it ends corruption. The source outlines that, quote, often parties' income and their donations are unknown until after a general election, end quote, suggesting that there is a significant grey area and a lack of transparency with the electorate and the government over where the funding comes from. For instance, Bernie Eccleston's £1 million donation to the Labour Party in 1997 was considered to be massively influential in the subsequent delay of the tobacco ban, which was advertised in Formula One racing, yet was not disclosed until years after the general election. More recently, James Dyson donated £20 million of his resources to the Conservative Party in 2021, with leaked text messages from Boris Johnson promising to fix a tax issue for Dyson staff working to develop ventilators in exchange. The fact that donors can pay almost £50,000 to gain electoral success and opportunity and access to the Prime Minister and his other senior members certainly reinforces the idea that a wealthy elite has more opportunities to directly access and influence the government, calling for state funding to eradicate this source of inequality. These examples evidently suggest that one common and standardised source of funding is deeply needed in the UK in order to prohibit donations which arise by such corrupted, hidden and unregulated means. Nevertheless, this argument is massively understated by the source as well, which considers the legislation already in place to restrict corrupted donations toward political parties. The Political Parties, Elections and Referendums Act 2000 places an overall limit on donations given to parties, requiring any sum above £5,000 to be declared to this funding. Additionally, the Political Parties and Elections Act 2009 augmented this by giving the Electoral Commission more investigative powers and reasonings for donations above £7,500. Consequently, this highlights that with more legislative control, the government is able to massively decrease the scope for corrupted or hidden donations from influencing a party's um, general election campaign. Although legislation has not wholly ended corruption, it seeks to majorly restrict and inspect suspicious donations, which highlights pragmatic evolution towards ending corruption completely. So in this light, since legislation has already massively curtailed corruption and will continue to do so, it is necessary to re- it's unnecessary sorry, to redesign the UK's funding model to a state-funded one, when an appropriate, efficient and robust one already exists in order to restrict corruptions. Secondly, it is claimed that state funding is significantly preferable as it prevents elitism. 
In the source, it's asserted that since a rich party can buy an election, end quote, state funding is needed in order to allow parties to compete on equal financial footing. For instance, the source states that the Conservative and Labour parties had made an income of 45.9 and 55.7 million in 2018 respectively, compared to the meek 1.2 million made by the smaller party, Plaid Simru. This suggests that state funding would omit finances as a factor which influence party success, which enables smaller parties to gain foothold in general elections. Further, an elite Tory dining club that enjoys direct access to Boris Johnson has been given more than £130 million um, to the Conservative Party in 2010, with 80% of the funds coming from this club. In return, they received private dinners and receptions with the Prime Minister and other senior figures, which suggests that the Conservative Party is increasingly dependent on a handful of private investors involved in finance and particularly the hedge fund industry to fund their party and make the most gains. This is elitism in its purest form. As a result, state funding is deemed desirable since it creates more of a level playing field between parties, reducing the unfair advantages granted by large donations since political influence must not be bought for a democracy to thrive. Nevertheless, this argument is thwarted by the source as it mentions that state funding would, quote, increase the taxes people pay, end quote. Although marginally, donating to parties with which one does not ideologically agree with restricts personal freedom to donate to political parties of choice, thereby undermining democracy by isolating the wants of the voter. Membership statistics, with Plaid Simru being as low as 8,000 in the source, depict that there is weak engagement with the party, which citizens must not be forced to fund. Further, strengthening controversial third parties could be a slippery slope, whereby parties would demand increased funds year on year and would spend more frivolously because it was not their own earned money. This suggests that state funding is overwhelmingly undesirable because it undemocratically increases tax by forcing unwilling citizens to fund undesirable parties. Additionally, being able to raise and manage their own funds is a necessary prerequisite or precondition to managing the nation's finances once in government, and so state funding restricts the opportunity for political parties to do so. By consequence, it must be deemed that state funding is significantly undesirable as it requires individuals to pay for unwanted parties which weakens a healthy and pluralist democracy. The source states that state funding is desirable as it allows smaller parties to gain electoral foothold. It is mentioned that there are, quote, Big, par- big differences between the incomes of big, different political parties, end quote, which suggests that smaller parties require state funding to increase their scope at influencing government. For instance, although the Liberal Democrats had a fairly high level of membership in 2018 at 125,000, as mentioned by the source, which demonstrates high levels of engagement with the party, they received only £9.1 million, which is drastically lower than that of the Conservative or Labour Party. Furthermore, before the 2019 general election, UKIP's membership remained similar at 1,200, yet they received only £36,000, which reveals the disparity between bigger parties who have massive levels of funding in contrast to smaller ones, which highlights that state funding is required in order to gain any level of foothold. In counter-argument, state funding is deemed undesirable as more money does not always guarantee electoral success.
For instance, Theresa May's Conservative Party lost despite earning £2 million more than Johnson, and Labour earned the most money from trade unions at £5.4 million, yet they lost the 2019 general election. This therefore suggests that there are other, more pressing factors to be considered, such as media image, leadership and the electoral system, which impact a political party's scope for success rather than funding. To exemplify, the the first-past-the-post electoral system favours concentrated party support, granting UKIP only one seat in parliament despite winning 12.6% of the vote share, third after the Conservative and Labour Party. In conjunction with the shortcomings of the electoral system which failed smaller parties, Ed Miliband was seen as an electoral liability for Labour, and they arguably duly lost the 2015 election due to these factors, rather than that of finances. So therefore, granting smaller parties with state funds would not be beneficial as other factors remain more consequential in determining their success, deeming state funding largely undesirable since more money certainly does not guarantee victory. So in conclusion then, the supports um, by the source are that for state funding are that it is um, a means to end corruption, it is a means to prevent elitism, and it allows parties to focus more greatly on their representation function because it um, gives smaller parties a more um, realistic chance at becoming influential. Um, nevertheless, although it may end corruption, pol- prevent elitism, and allow smaller parties to gain foothold, it is unnecessary as legislation already um, exists which seeks to restrict corruption. It is undemocratic and more money does not guarantee electoral success for smaller parties. So therefore, it is significantly reasoned to abandon any calls for state funding political parties for general elections.